And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Canes National Middle Infielder and 2025 NC State Baseball Commit Aiden West on the JKR Podcast for the second time. One of our first time, you know, guys coming on the podcast twice. But, you know, Aiden, pumped to have you, have you on the show again. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing tonight? Uh, yes, sir. I'm doing amazing. Uh, it's great to hear from you again. Great to be back on here. Yeah, awesome. You know, like I said, you know, I'm pumped to get this rolling a second time, kind of dig into all the, you know, different things that have changed within your career within the past, you know, what was it, probably 14 months ago I had you back on the podcast. That was back, I think I was probably still in the double digits when it came to episodes back when you came on the first time. Um, but, you know, first question I always like to ask everybody, yeah. not sure if I had added this in yet at the time, but what you came on that first time. But, you know, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Aiden West? Uh, I'm a 2025 graduate. I go to Long Reach High School in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Um, I committed NC State in my freshman year, and I just joined the Canes national team this year. So before we dig into all the baseball side of things, I see you wearing that Represent the Code 301 shirt. That's a company that, well, I guess a social media page that I've been following for a little bit, seeing you, Mason Braun, a lot of podca former podcast guests partnering, collabing with this company. Kind of take us through what that connection is and what exactly that looks like on the athlete's point of view for this Represent the Code company. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they DM me asking if um, I wanted to partner with them. And basically, um, I'm from the 301 area code, which is right here below Baltimore. And 
Um, so it's a, it's just a cool way to to show athletes, like kind of kind of show where we all come from, and um, they're doing a great job with their marketing and stuff. Like they, I know they just came out with shorts and and they're dropping sweatshirts and stuff. So um, I mean, anytime you get pictures of yourself wearing a shirt, they'll post it, do a collab post, stuff like that. So um, they're definitely growing really fast, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. So when it comes to partnering with them, I guess for that initial partnership, that initial collaboration, what exactly comes with that? And I think you guys what get a shirt, maybe some stickers. What exactly does that look like? Yeah. So he sent me a shirt to wear. He sent me this one and uh, uh, I'm sure I could get probably a discount on the shorts and stuff and just being able to for them to create like uh, cartoon designs for you to put on your story or do a collab post with uh, on Instagram just for, for more people to see his brand and more people to see where you're from at the same time. Okay. I see. So I'm sure I'll learn probably more about this. You know, like I said, next week or the week after I'm getting him on the podcast, but is it a one man show? Is it multiple people? What have you just been in contact with one guy? What's that look like? Uh, yeah, I've just been in contact with one guy, the main guy that runs the page. I think his name is Jake. Um, I'm sure he'll grow. He'll grow even bigger to have more people working for him and stuff. So, uh, I've just been DMing with the main account on Instagram and um, it's going great so far. It's awesome. Okay. So being from that 301 area, I think we talked about this in that first episode. You're a ball. Is it a Baltimore Orioles fan, right? Yeah. Big Orioles fan. Okay. So what's that excitement this year? I believe you guys are what in first place right now in that, you know, absolutely stacked AL East. What's yeah. that excitement going on this summer watching, you know, Adley Rutschman, yeah. all those guys tearing it up in the AL. It's amazing, like, especially because we just – we were, like, the worst team in the league two or three years ago and just the the depressing state of watching the Orioles every night, just clicking on seeing we're losing by, like, three or four runs. And um, now being able to go to games, like, 15 minutes away and see guys like Adley and, and Gunner and um, the fact that Jackson Holiday might be better than both of them, he's still in the minor leagues. So it's just um, – it's an exciting time to be able Right yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys are excited to see Jackson Holiday up there. Probably, I mean, at this point, you would think opening day next year. I mean, I think he might be. I don't know if they're going to rush him to be a September call up this year, but man, I mean, he's. I think he's hitting like 360 and double A as a 19 year old. I mean, that's just just crazy. Imagine guys who are just two years older than you, uh, you know, playing ne- next summer. You know, making all the way to double A, triple A. So I'm um, kind of crazy to see, and that's kind of you know, cool to see, you know, guys so young doing that, but I'm kind of digging into the whole travel ball scene, a thing that's kind of changed for you this past summer. I know last time I had you on the podcast, you were playing for team US, USA, USA elite or US elite, whatever the official team name is Um, switched to play for Canes national this summer, kind of take us through that decision and how that, you know, whole thing came about. Yeah. So uh, my US elite team, a bunch of our guys, mainly the core, like eight or nine players switched over to G's lines. Um, which was at first the Kansas City Royal Scout team. And we kind of played one tournament in the fall and just trained all winter. But um, on a random night, I think in like January or February, uh, the Canes account followed me on Instagram and DM me asking for me to play. And at first I didn't know which team it was, like American, like like Mid-Atlantic, what. But um, I asked and they said national. So obviously I was, I was pretty pumped and um, – you know, like guys like Red Johnson and Evan, who are also NC State commits, like obviously I've talked to them about it and stuff. And, um, you know, they, they DM me. And then the first person I came in contact with was Dan Jensen. Um, he kind of told me the whole the whole schedule and what tournaments they would really need me for if I switched over. And um, so I ended up switching over completely and leaving my old team. And uh, it's been a great experience so far. 
Yeah, I'm sure. So what point in last, I'm assuming it was the off season. At what point did this whole thing, you know, them reach out through DM, them giving you a follow, you know, how long kind of take us through that process of that, of, you know, what part of the off season was that to, you know, actually officially being a cane, seeing yourself on that roster, playing your first game in a Canes uniform, take us through that process. Yeah. So it was, I would say a month before high school season is when they reached out. Um, and we had made it official, like like all the all the signs and stuff, whatever we needed to do to make it official with, with Dan and you know like Jeff Petty and stuff. And uh, my parents did that probably like April or late March. Um, and then you know when the rosters got released, uh, just seeing my name on there was pretty cool, obviously. And uh, our first tournament was at Lake Point in Georgia, um, which we ended up winning. So that was that was a cool experience. Um, I was really used to winning big tournaments like that and uh, playing with that type of talent that we have on this team. And it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So take us through, you know, on the relationship side of things, how this summer went, obviously just like every Kings national team, that roster is absolutely loaded. Can't, I know that 2025 team, Dean Moss, Cam Caminetti, there's a lot of other big time power five commits like yourself on that team. Take us through some of the relationships you were able to build this summer with some of those teammates and with some of the coaches on that Kane staff. Yeah, so um, Dean actually ended up playing up with the 2024 team. Um, but depending on if he reclasses down or not, he'll be playing with us next year. But, um, I mean, being able to play with guys like Eddie's on and obviously Rhett, like I said, and, and Coy James and, you know, all those guys. Like, I could, I can name off, like, literally everyone on our team. Like, that's how good we are. And just um, being able to win mostly every game and, and having those, like, you know, expectations on our back. Um, like when we were losing, everyone would show up because they all want to see us lose. And um, like I mean, we played a, a really good Canada team called ABC at uh, East Cobb at night on Field One. Um, I mean, the, the stands were packed. It was a regular pool play game, and everyone was watching. So, um, I mean, it's just an amazing experience and being able to play with these guys and making friendships and um, just kind of being able to meet them, being able to being able to meet him like just off social media and actually hang out with him in person in hotels and go out to eat was a, uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure. So you said you guys won that first tournament with you in that Canes uniform. Take us through the rest of that summer, whether that's the WWBA, what all the different tournaments you guys played in as, as that 2025 Canes team, take us through this summer, you know, for you individually and for the team. Yeah. So MPI, uh, I did really good. Um, the team obviously did really good. Everyone was, Everyone was hitting, everyone was pitching super well. And um, so we won that. Uh, I think it was maybe somewhere around 100 teams in that tournament. Uh, we beat East Cobb Astros in the semifinals, and we actually ended up playing Canes American in the finals. And we were losing at first uh, three to one, but we came back and, and won. So that was, that was pretty cool. And um, our second tournament was definitely the most talent, um, the UBC in Florida. It's like 10 of the top 15 to 20 teams in the nation, like, Five star and uh, Scorps and uh, Phillies and so the first team we played was actually the Phillies. So I mean, you're now it's kind of a rivalry going on there with all the age groups and um, we were losing until the last inning and uh, Hagen Wright came up clutch and uh, so did Walter Urban and um, so we ended up winning that game uh, by a couple of runs. So that was super cool um, and uh, we played pretty well that tournament. We lost to Scorps in the semifinals. And, I mean, obviously, like Ethan Holliday, and they have a couple UCF commits on that team that are super good. And 
Um, it was definitely a learning experience because that was the first game we lost. We had lost all season, and um, just we were able to bounce back so fast from that because the next tournament we played was Alabama, um, which is the biggest tournament that we won this year, the National League Championship, a perfect game. And um, I think that one was close to 200 teams. Uh, I think we went 9-0 and that tournament and ended up beating one of the better pitchers in the nation in the, um, in the finals. Um, we beat the Skicks, Sticks in that tournament to, to win it. And then uh, our last tournament in WWBA, uh, um, we did super well in pool play. We, we pretty much cruised through it. And uh, we actually ended up getting upset in the first round. Uh, we didn't expect to face the pitcher that we did, but uh, stuff happens. And I'm sure we're going to bounce back from it pretty soon in the fall and stuff. So, I mean, it was super cool just being able to play with those guys and, and stuff. So. Yeah. So looking back at the NPI, you guys are facing Canes American there in that championship game, you know, being a part of that same program, did you know a lot of players on that Canes American team or you guys kept separate throughout the summer? Um, yeah. I mean, I talked to some of those guys on that team, like uh, Christian Seriano, who's another NC state commit. Um, I'm pretty close with him. So I was talking with him pretty much the whole game. And, um, uh, it was definitely a thing where we knew that the Canes American guys were going to talk a lot and not beating us. Uh, so we kind of got our stuff together and then ended up winning. But that was super cool. Like we got a, we got pictures after like the two teams together and just shows kind of how, how much of a powerhouse the Canes really is. Yeah. And I think I've seen that a couple of times. I think it was last summer. There was some big time tournament. It was like, you know, later in the tournament, later in the bracket play, Canes American was playing Canes National. And like you said, just proves of how, you know, much of a power order. <clears throat> the Canes are um but you know looking back on it now playing what was it four tournaments with the Canes national team kind of take us through your eyes seeing the day-to-day what has led to this Canes baseball success this past couple of years uh it's 100 the coaching um coach Hux coach Welsh um coach Smithwick I mean everyone on that on that coaching staff is legit they all know what they're talking about I mean we're able to implement defensive plays and one hour practice uh, before MPI and um, so I mean those guys definitely know what they're doing and they're perfect mates of, of letting us have fun and let it loose and and telling us like we need to get our stuff together and being able to boss us around a little bit at the same time um, I mean the, like I said it's just the coaching staff and how well together our guys click um, I mean like since the first meeting we had where we got all our gear and MPI uh, we all kind of started just hanging out after that there was no really awkwardness like um, I feel like all the teams are like that because um, I feel like there's kind of no ego in either team because we're all kind of those guys on a high school team. But then we get together in the summer and we all have a job to do. Like, like, like you might, the best batter might be batting last. Like and he switches around the lineup um, perfectly. And um, so, yeah, I would definitely say the coaching is the biggest part. Okay, so, you know, throwing it back to U.S. Elite here for one question, you know, both great programs, Canes National, U.S. Elite, two programs that, you know, if you think about it, age group by age group, probably always in the top 15, top 10 when it comes to travel ball organizations across the country, playing for both of them. Take us through the differences, maybe the similarities you've seen between both programs. Um, I would say um, the Canes definitely get uh, the more talented players and more stacked teams. Um, I would say – um, I mean, U.S. League was great to us. Like, they they were able to help me, like, um, get recognized by NC State and other colleges that I talked to and stuff. But I would say, like, team-wise, um, just being able to have more pitching on the Canes. I mean, we had, like, 12, 13 pitchers alone on our one team. And um, 
that's always awesome to have because not one guy needs to throw seven innings each game for us to win. Like we have back to back to back to back arms that we can use whenever we need. So that was probably the biggest difference. Okay. So, you know, now that this summer's over, kind of take us through, you know, what's the plan here these next couple of weeks, next couple of months. I know right here in August, that's kind of that dead period as you guys are getting prepped for school, but kind of take us through what that plan is for this fall. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I'll be doing is a PBR pro case, the Mid Atlantic pro case, um, which is on the 13th. Um, so uh, that's in Virginia. A lot of top guys are going to that. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Pro scouts will be there. Um, agents will be there. Um, and then our first tournament is the Fall World Series at East Cobb, which is like September 15th, I think, that that week, that weekend. Um, so I, I th- I'm pretty sure that's a pretty big tournament. You know, obviously it's at East Cobb. And, um, and then our next tournament would be the, the underclass WWBA and the end of September, uh, which I can't go to. Um, but the week after that, uh, we're going to Jupiter, which I'll be at. So I'm playing two tournaments and then doing the pro case this fall. Okay, so after this fall, looking forward to next summer, your final year of travel baseball, being a part of that Canes National 17U team slash New York Mets scout team. Take us through your expectations for 2024. Um, I mean, definitely, we definitely want to win the WWA. I think that's our main goal, especially after being upset like this this year. And um, So I'd say as a team, that's our main goal. And uh, we're not going to try to get too caught up in the hype around, you know, like, all the all the media being in there for us and all our jerseys and stuff. Um, I truly believe that the group of guys that we have is just trying to win and have fun, uh, playing simple like that. Okay, so I know back when I interviewed, you know, Dan, Jeff, Jarrett back, you know, back in January, February, whenever that was, they talked about, you know, just the target that the Canes have on their back at every tournament. Obviously, for that 17U group, being that New York, New York Met scout team, you mentioned all the media, having the team bus. You know, for you being a player, have you seen that firsthand yet when it comes to maybe some players or even some parents, I'm sure, chirping at you? You know, what's that looking like to the players' eyes? Yeah, for sure. Um, even this year, 16U, like we had the bus all the WWA and every time we would pull up to a game, there would be parents there like taking pictures of our bus and laughing and stuff. And um, I can't say it wasn't cool though, like just being able because they can actually see inside of us, but we could see them because the tinted windows. But um, there's definitely a huge target on our backs always. Like I said, like when we were losing, the whole the whole stadium would show up and 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 be happy to watch us lose and um most of the time we come back but i mean definitely when we lost in wwa everyone was happy everyone was happy that we were out and um so there's always a huge target on our backs especially when um we're a powerhouse like this like i said and we got all these these nice things that the media shows and, um i just think some people don't realize how hard our team works like the players on our team works to get here and uh, sometimes the first team, the first thing other parents um, think on the other team is just uh, we got lucky somehow and this is too much for 16, 17 year olds and stuff. So, I mean, obviously it's not just players that um, that are targeting our back, but, you know, families also. But yeah. yeah, I mean, how can I mean for for, you know, for outsiders looking in, I mean, how can they say that you guys are lucky? Obviously, Going into this upcoming, going into this past season, I mean, Anthony Volpe, Corbin Carroll, the two most hyped rookies going into Major League Baseball were former Canes players. So, I mean, it's just, it's odd to see parents, you know, kind of saying stuff like that. But um, on the, tra- on the, 
on the showcase side of things, rather than travel, rather than the Canes, you got that chance to be a part of PG Junior National Showcase. Kind of take us through what that experience was like. Uh, it was awesome. It pretty much put me on the, the, I mean, the national circuit. Like I started getting attention from Baseball America, Ben Badler. Like um, uh, he put me on the article for the top forty standouts there. I performed really well there and um, kind of showing more of the world who I am. So that really was that was my first PG showcase actually. Um, so I mean, I went from like four hundred eighty sixth ranked on perfect game to to forty ninth and just doing that showcase and. Um, you know, I was featured on PG Weekly, and um, I was actually in the restaurant with a couple of my friends after I went to their game. And um, PG Weekly was on the the Masson after the Orioles game, and I showed up on there, and everyone was like, "Dude, is that you on TV and stuff?" So that was pretty cool. And um, it's obviously it's pretty cool getting more national attention and stuff. But I mean, I'm still working as hard as I was before. So. Yeah, so that PG Junior National Showcase, I mean, that's guys from all over the country. What were some of those relationships that you were able to make during that event who were maybe not guys you've played with before on US Elite, maybe not guys you were playing with on Canes Baseball or Canes National? What were some of those relationships you made during that event? Yeah, so I, mean, I got I to play against the guys like uh, Jax Roper on other teams. And, um, you know, with guys on my team like Miles, who's committed to Oklahoma. And, um, you know, you pretty you make pretty good friends there, especially when you're hanging around and, and, and going out to eat together and playing against the top competition together. And we're all, we were all just out there having fun. I mean, we all had one goal is perform well for ourselves and have fun together. So it was awesome. So during that event, kind of take, I think it was, was it a four or five day event? Kind of take us through the day to day, what that was looking like, you know, showcase time. And then I believe the last couple of days is actual scrimmages. You're facing the other guys. Take us through what that day to day looked like heading to East Cobb and, you know, just going about your business. Yeah, so most of our our whole Canes team was on one team um, because we had to show up the last couple of days because that was actually right after MPI. Um, and, you know, we ended up making the championship. So after we won the championship, we actually went straight over there to do the showcase part. Um, so, I mean, so only some of the guys ran the 60 the first day because our legs were so tired, we ended up running the next day. Um, but we, we did hitting, we did fielding. Um, catchers did their pop times and outfitters did their times and, um, so that was kind of the first day. And then, um, the next day we started playing scrimmages after we ran our sixties and, uh, we had, we had two games. So we got, we each got about four to five at bats. Uh, we each played everywhere in the field. Okay. So moving from travel baseball to high school ball, I believe you were, I believe it was first team all County this past spring. Take us through your sophomore season there in Maryland. What was that looking like? Um, it was awesome. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on me, um, being the the number one ranked player in my class in all of Maryland. Um, I mean, and especially playing public school, uh, there's a lot of guys saying, "Oh, you don't face good competition. Like you're not even, you don't deserve it." Stuff like that. And just the trash dog I would hear every game was pretty crazy. Um, there's even some head coaches in there that were saying stuff. So, um, but you know, I I was able to deal with it. It's for me and my family were able to deal with it. Like. Um, I kind of just laugh at it. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's a ton amount of pressure on my back for it. And, um, but the people in my circle, like, just kind of help me with it and remind me that, you know, I'm only a kid. So, um, I ended up having a really good season. Um, I think I've added 520, 519 with, like, six home runs. And um, that was definitely the most amount of home runs I've spent in a while. I led the league in average and home runs. Um, I did pretty good defensively and, 
Um, it was awesome. We were, we were we had the best record in a long time for my team, um, which I was the most proud of. Like I could care less about the average or home runs. Like um, knowing that my team, like one of the most amount of games in school history, um, was was big for me. Um, and we're going to be even better next year. So I mean, I'm already looking forward to. That's the next thing I'm looking forward to is winning that winning that regional title next year for my team. Okay, so being such a young guy this past spring, but obviously you mentioned the 520 average, six homers, and being a guy committed to a good baseball program like NC State, were you a leader on this past year's team, or what did that look like with you being so young? Yeah, um, I would definitely say I was a leader. I was definitely a vocal leader. Um, I mean, our senior our senior captain was, was definitely a leader when it came to doing stuff on and off the field. Uh, JP is going to he's going to a pretty good JUCO around us, and um, so he was, he, me and him were the ones leading the stretches. And um, I mean, he was always the first one there and the last one out. Um, I mean, we'd be there after practice taking grounders and stuff. So um, definitely this upcoming year that we lost him, um, definitely taking over the the main leadership goal, um, which means putting balls back in the bucket when they're laying around, kind of all the stuff he was doing before. Um, Cause he was able to teach me um, stuff like that. And we have a good group of core guys on that team that, that's definitely going to take over that leadership role this year. Yeah. So you talk about, you know, those big goals going into the 2024 spring, kind of take us through, give us that rundown on this high school team heading into the 2024 spring and what exactly you're expecting out of next season. Um, I'm expecting us to to have an even better season than we did last year. Uh, we kind of had a disappointing loss in the semifinals. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pouring rain. There's a whole lot of excuses we could give, but um I'm just looking forward to hopefully winning that regional title for the first time in school history. And um, I mean, that's kind of where my mind's at now. Um, obviously, I'm focused on travel ball or uh, fall ball and going to Jupiter, performing well there. Um, but I mean, this whole offseason, this whole winter, it's just my motivation is going to be us, us holding up that regional title championship. All right, so moving it into the recruiting scene, you know, we did talk about your whole recruiting process when it came to things you were looking for, what put NC State on top during that first episode you had on. But since then, NCAA put in some new rules that, you know, I always like to ask you 2025, 2026 is about. You were in a unique situation, already committed, talking to your coaches back and forth a little bit. And then the NCAA puts in that new regulation where college coaches can't talk to players until they're August 1st of their junior year. So you were one of those guys where you probably had, what was it? three more three four month stint where you couldn't talk to that collegiate coach kind of take us through how that affected you you know what was your relationship like before that day what did it look like after that day and you know, kind of what are you looking forward to most as you know august 1st came a couple days ago you know heading into the rest of your i guess not recruiting process but before you actually head there on campus yeah um it was a good it was definitely a good three four months uh after i got implemented uh which i couldn't talk to them at all um it, it was it was hard because we we actually have a, a pretty good cycle of um, talking like once every two weeks or once every week and um so we definitely had a strong relationship but i mean i've, I've texted with them almost every day since august 1st and i think our relationship has gotten even stronger like with all the coaches um it's been awesome just being able to to talk about other guys and him actually to be able to text me back for the first time and um him being able to call me if he wants to tell me something and not have to schedule it through someone else or randomly call him to hope he answers and um so it's it's definitely like so much better and it was i would say it was definitely worth the wait too yeah 
I'm sure. So with you being a committed junior, take us through, I guess, maybe July 30th, July 31st, maybe just the anticipation you had for that August 1st date and then what it looked like that first day and, you know, what it looked like, you know, talking to your collegiate coach for the first time or I guess for the first yeah. time since the new rule. Yeah. So um, July 31st, I was up, I was up pretty late. So I ended up, uh, I realized it was August 1st the next day. I was like, Oh shoot. Like I could text him right now. So I texted him like, what's up coach? Like, it's about, it's about time. And um, he replied in the morning he said he was knocked out and it was just, it was super cool to be able to wake up to that notification and see that he texted me and uh, you know, he called me and um, just for us to be able to do that. It's a whole lot different and um, but also a whole lot better. Yeah, I saw a couple of PBR guys posting there on August 1st. It was like, happy August 1st. And it's like kind of like a new holiday for high school collegiate baseball, which is kind of cool. Um, I can't imagine what it looked like for some uncommitted 2025s, what what those phone calls or text messages, emails, whatever it looked like. I, I can't imagine how, you know, what their anticipation was and how many coaches were reaching out when it came to that. But kind of take us through the relationship you have with the NC State coaching staff, obviously the relationship you built before the new regulation and what it's kind of looking like now, just be able to build that relationship the past week or so. Yeah, um, it's been awesome to talk about. I mean, I talk to those guys about anything, um, just them being able to, like, text me back and um, not even just talk about baseball. Like, when football season's coming up, we can talk football whenever we want. And, um, you know, I'll text them if I'm going down to a football game or anything like that. So. Uh, just being able to do that with them is, is super awesome. And it helps a lot. Yeah. So are you able to make official visits as a junior? Or do you have to wait till your senior year when it comes to going to football games? Yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to go to football games, but we don't actually take pictures and stuff till uh, my senior year. Okay. So with that, I guess being about still about a year and a half, of, I guess. Yeah. About 12, 13 months away before you take those pictures in the NC State gear for the first time. What are you looking forward to putting on that gear for the first time? Uh, it's going to be super special, especially with the the relationships I've built with other commits in my class and um, still trying to get even more to come with us and stuff. And uh, it's going to be super cool to see myself in that uniform for the first time. And I know it's a, it's going to be a big thing for my family too. So it's not just about me. It's about all of them. And um, I'm definitely going to have to send out some pictures right away. My, I know my parents are going to make me so. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. So you kind of mentioned it there about maybe learn some of your teammates or learn some pl uncommitted players that you know to NC State. What's that looking like at, you know, maybe potentially recruiting some of maybe your Canes teammates or some guys you met at PG Junior National. What's that looking like in terms of maybe, you know, learn some guys to NC State to go win a, you know, maybe a a ACC championship one day in a couple of years? Yeah, so uh, one of my best friend's names is Miles Upchurch. Uh, he's like probably one of the best, I would say the best right-handed pitcher in our class, or at least like top 10. And I mean, he's up to 90, 93 and 94, but I mean, we've been playing against each other since we were like seven years old. We grew up around the same town. Uh, our travel to local travel teams always play each other. It would always be a good game. And um, so I'm definitely trying to get him to come to NC State. He just uh, decommitted from Maryland. Uh, like I would say April or not, not April, I would say like June, July, he decommitted. And I know he's gotten a lot of sex since August 1st, but um, I've, I've definitely talked to uh, my NC State coaches about him a couple of times. Yeah, I'm sure. So you well, you mentioned Upchurch. With him being a former Maryland commit, with where you're at in Maryland, you're kind of in that mix of Big Ten, ACC. From where your kind of point of view, do you consider your part of the country Big Ten or ACC country? I would definitely say Big Ten. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. More, more, more around me is Big Ten. Okay. All right. So, are you guys big basketball states down there as well, or is it mostly baseball? Uh, yeah. It's it's mostly. I mean, it's definitely big in basketball. I mean, Maryland had a good basketball season last year. Um, uh, but it's kind of hard not having a basketball team here in Baltimore. Um, Maryland is probably the biggest lacrosse state. Uh, I personally don't like lacrosse, but um, a lot of my friends play out, um, even though my school's terrible at it. But <laughs> uh, it's definitely a big lacrosse sport. So yeah, okay. Um, so digging a little bit to your on the field play, you did mention earlier that when you went to that first PG event, you moved from what was it like four seven the four seventies or something like that, all the way to I think it was forty ninth. You are in the country now. Take us through with your on the field play, whether that's hitting, whether that's fielding, how you've evolved since last summer when we spoke last. I would definitely say my hitting hasn't improved. Uh, it's probably my most attractive skill to to scouts and uh, PG scouts and, and all type of pro scouts and stuff. Um, but I think my my fielding has definitely improved the most. Um, I was I was a pretty good hitter before. Um, it's something I've always loved doing. I've always loved picking up the bat and swinging. And uh, but I would definitely say I got so much smoother in the field, and uh, I learned how to use my length more. Um, I mean, I'm six one, maybe maybe six two, um, so I definitely learned how to use my my long legs to to get more range, and um, I kind of I definitely got a lot faster uh, with my first step. Um, so yeah, I would say my fielding definitely improved the most since last year. Okay, so I'm sure I asked you this there in the first episode, but with this, you know, 13, 14 months gone by since then. If you were a scout, let's say maybe PG Junior National, or maybe you're an area scout watching you, if you were a scout watching your game. What would be that personal scouting report that you'd write up on yourself? Uh, I would say I definitely have one of the smoother swings. Um, I mean, I use the hit too well. I, I believe I have good bat-to-ball skills. And um, in the field, um, I think I'm super smooth. And my arm's definitely there. I'm I'm still working on my arm a lot, just being able to use my length and stuff like that, my legs. But um, uh, definitely above average runner. Um, I mean, I've been up to six six seven. Um, at the junior national showcase, I was six, seven, two. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where I'm at at the pro case right now. Um, so definitely above average runner. I believe that, um, if I keep working, I could definitely have all five tools. Okay. So, you know, as you continuously evolve as a baseball player, kind of take us through that work workout regimen, whether that's off season, whether that's in season, kind of take us through maybe what you're focusing on in a day in the cage or a day in the weight room. Take us through what those workouts are looking like as you continuously evolve and can maybe continuously to keep growing into your body. Yeah, so um, I pretty much do something every day. Uh, every time I hit, I'm fielding right after that, or every time I feel it, I'm hitting right after that. Um, I definitely work on a lot of first step movements, um, which, is, which is what I had to improve most from last summer and um, what scouts have told me I need to improve most. So, I mean, that's getting better by the day. And like, I, I'm at the beach right now and I worked out at like 8 a.m. this morning on my first step. Um, so, um, that's definitely my main focus right now. And, um, my main focus hitting wise, definitely my approach, uh, especially with two strikes and being able to, to teach myself I could foul off those pitches that the umpires are calling two balls outside. And, um, yeah, yeah, stuff like that is definitely what I'm working on most. Okay, so you talk about developing that approach. Kind of take us through that. You know, what's going through your mind? You're in the batter's box. You're walking up to that plate. Take us through what the hitting approach looks like, whether the, whether before two strikes and with two strikes. Kind of take us through what those are and the differences between both of those. Uh, I think the toughest pitcher I faced this summer is probably ABC starting pitcher. 
Um, he was he was throwing super hard. He was probably mid nineties. Um, I mean that that's Keynes wise. Uh, my approach going into that was to look for that fastball, and um, unfortunately, unfortunately, he threw me three dirty sliders and I struck out. But um, my next at bat, I worked a good walk against them, so um, I definitely had a good a good at bat the second time. And um, individually, I think the best pitcher I faced um, was probably at PG National, um, Sebastian Norman. He's he's not even regularly a pitcher. Um, he's like a third baseman and. He's just a freak athlete, um, and he was throwing probably 93, 94, and um, I think I, I worked a walk. Um, so at PG National, they have rules where if you walk, uh, you start again with the same amount of strikes you had on you, but he could only throw fastballs. Um, so I think it was 0-2 count. He threw me a high fastball, and um, I was obviously ready for it, and I popped it up to right field. But, I mean, that whole at bat, um, he was just throwing dirty stuff, and I didn't really expect it because I didn't even know he was a pitcher. Yeah, I saw I saw Norman play when I was down there for uh, the USA tournament down in Cary. I saw him playing for Wow Factor. That dude is Bill. I mean, man, he looks like yeah, he's yeah. playing college football right now. Um, so yeah. it's kind of, I mean, that whole I think Wow Factor's lineup. I remember talking because I was with Kane's Midwest there. They had me come down there with them. They played them that first game, and I think it was their two through like five hitter. They all looked like they could play collegiate football. They were all just built dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, digging, into my, digging into my last segment, I kind of added this after we talked there for the first time. I think I kind of added it in the fall. It's digging more into the personal side of things. I call it rapid fire, bunch of just different questions about the personal side. Um, but first question on that is kind of your passions beyond the game of baseball. What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you're working on when you maybe need to take your mind off of something or cope with some stress? What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies beyond baseball? Uh, I would say definitely the first thing is video games. Uh, I love playing over the show. Um, I mean, after I train and eat every night, I'm pretty much on the game till, till it's time to go to sleep. So I would say that's definitely the most thing I'm, I'm passionate about. And um, just being able to hang with my friends from school like that, I, I barely get to see all summer because I'm gone. And I'm kind of reminding myself, like, I could be a normal kid again and it's not all baseball and I kind of take my mind off that. So, okay. So playing MLB the show, are you more of a diamond dynasty franchise road to the show type of guy? What, what's your go-to mode there? And will be the show. A diamond dynasty for sure. My team, my team's pretty stacked. Okay. What's it looking like right now? What's that lineup looking like? I actually got it like, like right over here. Um, <laughs> but I mean, par- par- parallel five, Trey Turner, um, parallel five, uh, Josh Donaldson, I just got John Donaldson. Uh, I was tired of facing him. So, um, I mean, parallel five show a, um, who else? Um, I just got that, um, Nick Castellanos. Um, so I'm obviously, I'm playing a lot, like when, when I'm off and I'm done training. So. Okay. Yeah. When I, I haven't been able to play for a couple of years. Cause like when I went to college, my brother got to keep the PS4. So I was like, well, shoot, I guess I, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not forking up five, well, however much P however much PlayStations are, I'm not, I'm not for yeah. that type of money. So yeah. I've been able to play for a while, but I remember I used to love franchise. I would always do, uh, I'd always like rebuild a team. So talking about rebuilding the Baltimore Orioles were a team I chose quite a bit back there a couple of years ago. Uh, it was kind yeah. of fun to maybe trade some of the guys they had on the major league roster and kind of, you know, act as if I was like Theo Epstein or Dumbass, yeah. one of those type of guys. But um, digging into the next part of the rapid fire, your motivations kind of take us through what is that deep down internally that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person. What do those motivations kind of look like? Uh, definitely seeing like um, 
other guys in my class and um, just how, how well they're doing and, and knowing that they're working hard too and knowing that there's people in the Dominican that are working like six, seven hours a day and they don't even, they don't even get to go to school. All they do is, is field over there with whatever they have. And um, I would say my other bigger motivation is uh, my late grandfather who played at NC State. Um, I think I talked a little bit about that in the first podcast, but um, obviously he keeps me, uh, just keeps me working and, and thinking and um, just those things in my back of my mind make me really work hard when, when I get there. Okay. So taking that question a little bit further, let's say you continue to use those motivations to continuously evolve as a ball player, but also as a person, what does that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road if everything's going right for you? Um, I would say hopefully still playing in the MLB. Um, I mean, obviously, I would love to be a superstar. I'd love to be in the Hall of Fame, um, multiple championships. I mean, that's that's pretty much my dream life. Um, and being able to retire happy, knowing that knowing that I changed someone's life and, and changed someone's perspective on the game of baseball. Okay, there we go. So I got four final questions here for you. I'll ask them in sets of two. Um, so first off in that first set, your coolest contact in your phone. You're going through your contacts. What's that one name that maybe not a lot of people have that you're just like, man, you know, this is a pretty cool contact to have. And then the second one, your TikTok for you page. I saw this asked on, I saw it asked on TikTok the other day and I was like, man, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good question to ask. Really kind of gets to know, you know, what type of person you are. Kind of take us through what that TikTok for you page is looking like when you get on the app. Um, I mean, it's mostly baseball, um, baseball and like all the kind of latest trends and all the latest stuff that's really going in the world. Um, but I would say I'm definitely on baseball TikTok a lot um, and and seeing most of my friends on there. Okay. Um, and then coolest contact? Uh, I would probably say my head coach, Elliot Avent. Um, I mean, the dude's a go. He's been at NC State forever. Um, he's a legend. Um, he knows so many guys and so many connections that he has. And um, he's kind of just a legend in baseball. So I would say he's probably the coolest. Okay. All right. So my final two questions, go to playlist. Let's say you're making a drive from Maryland, maybe down to Atlanta or wherever, just you're taking a long drive. What's that go-to playlist that you're putting on the radio, putting on Ox, whether that's, you know, genre, a certain singer, maybe even a go-to play, a podcast. If you have that, what is that go-to playlist? Then final question, which I believe I probably asked you in the first one, dream and IL brand, you get the NC state, get the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image and likeness what would be that dream NIL brand? Yeah, so I think my uh, – the go-to playlist would probably be – I have a playlist, playlist just called Vibe. Um, it's literally all my favorite songs, like every song. I mean, it goes from – I'm a huge Drake guy. I love Drake. Um, he's my favorite. He's my favorite artist, so definitely a lot of him on there. Um, some Gunna on there, Some even some Morgan Wallen on there. Um, I mean, pretty much anything, everything that I love and – all my favorite artists are on there. So I'll just hit shuffle and um, every song like I love and I just vibe to. And um, it definitely helps with those car rides there. And um, Dream NIL partnership. Um, I think I said Body Armor in the first one. Definitely still Body Armor. Okay. Um, and if not Body Armor, I would say Adidas. Um, I love Adidas. Like I, I wear it all the time. And obviously NC State's a big Adidas school. So. All right, so Prime hasn't changed your mind there on Body Armor yet? Because I, I know a lot of Body Armor guys switch to Prime. I haven't personally had it yet, but I've seen a lot of guys, you know, especially in baseball, you know, carrying around maybe a Prime bottle as they're walking around East Cobb or whatever complex they're at. Uh, I definitely haven't switched at all. I've tried Prime. It's just 
it's too sugary and it's not as good for you as I, I think as body armor. So I'm definitely staying with body armor. Was it was it you that brought up the the Mamba body armor the last time? The Kobe Bryant. I think body so. Armor? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I remember some. I, I like with having I think like 315 episodes out or yeah. whatever the number is. I mean, it's kind of hard to remember what exactly everyone said, but I remember some. I think it was you that brought up the Kobe Bryant body armor. But I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, man, that's the final question here on the J Care podcast. Really appreciate you coming on the show again. You're one of the first. I'm not. You're not the first guy, but you're one of the first. Definitely one of the first couple guys to come on the podcast for a second time. Really cool to learn about. You know how you evolved as a ball player, switching from USA Elite to the Canes, making that big jump from four. 70 all the way down to 49 there in those PG rankings. I'm excited to see, you know, how you continue to evolve as a baseball player, as a person as well. It's just kind of been cool to, you know, see you, you like I remember at the beginning of the summer seeing you post there in that Canes Natty uniform. I was like, man, that's pretty cool to see that guy make that jump. So, you know, pump for you of all the, you know, evolutions you've made this past 12, 13 months or so. I'm excited to see how that continues on, man. But, you know, again, thanks for coming on the show and best of luck as you continue on with your baseball career. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me again. This was awesome.